0: Over the past few months I've been speaking on the letters of John in a fairly broad-based manner and today I've just chosen a short passage from John's first letter which talks about walking in the light. And the aim is to deepen our thoughts and understanding of what the light is and to help us to walk closer with the Lord Jesus every day of our lives. If we do that we may appreciate more fully what he's calling us to do for his kingdom and his glory. And it's something that I feel I need and it may be useful to you. I hope some of you get some use out of it anyway. So we just look at this passage. It's um, the first letter of John, 1 John 1, verses 5 to 7. I'll stop um, so you have time to find some of the passages. Others, it might be best for me just to read them. But if you want to start there, uh, you can try and look them up as well if you like. So 1 John 1. 5-7. So I wanted to start just by looking at the light, the words light. And this can be physical or spiritual. Firstly, physical, we look at that first. We can see from um, the following scriptures that God created the light. Obviously, I'm going to Genesis 1, verses 3 to 5. If you can get there quickly, if not, I'll read it. So Genesis 1, 3 to 5. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Another scripture from Isaiah 45, verses 6 and 7, says, I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form the light and create darkness. Now, moving on a bit, as the creator of light, we see God using light in some of the miracles recorded in the Bible. Uh, this has already been mentioned by Tom. Uh, during the exodus of the children of Israel from Egypt, the Lord accompanied them on their journey, and we read in Exodus 13:21, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so as to go by day and night. Three of the gospels record the account of the transfiguration of Jesus. And in Matthew's gospel verse, uh, sorry, chapter 17 verse 2, it's described in this way. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. Uh, further miracles, Luke describes Paul's encounter with Jesus in these words from Acts 9 verse 3. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Now when Luke repeats the story of Paul's conversion in Acts 22, this time writing in Paul's own words, Paul attributes his blindness to the light from heaven in these words. Verse 11 says, And since I could not see for the glory of that light, being led by the hand of those who were with me, I came into Damascus. And I want you to hold on to that word glory for the time being. In Acts 26, this is the third account of Paul's conversion. Still in his words, verse 13, Paul adds that the light from heaven was brighter than the sun shining around me and those who journeyed with me. Now, if we leave Paul alone for one minute and, and think of um, Peter, when we read about Peter's um, freeing from the prison by the angel, it seems a bit mediocre compared to what we've just read about Paul. But in Acts 12, um, verse 7 simply says, Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him and a light shone in the prison. But of course remember the end of the story that some um, Peter's chains fell off, Fell off. they weren't undone they just fell off. He was led out of prison to freedom by the angel so it was no small miracle after all was it? Now secondly that was physical light we were talking about mainly. When we look at the word light from a spiritual or scriptural point of view there can be different uh, figurative or metaphoric meanings applied. If we look at it from an interve- intellectual perspective Light can refer to the truth, while its opposite, darkness, of course, would be error or falsehood. If you look at it from a moral point of view, light refers to holiness or purity, while again darkness refers to sin and evil. In Psalm 27 verse 1 we read, The Lord is my light and my salvation. This gives us a positive picture of the light of redemption in contrast to the darkness of condemnation in Isaiah's prophetic view of the new Jerusalem we read in Isaiah 60 you might like to look this one up Isaiah 60 19 and 20 now here we have the word glory again so look out for this Isaiah 60 19 and 20 the sun shall no longer be your light by day nor for brightness shall the moon give light to you but the Lord will be to you an everlasting light, and your God your glory. Your sun shall no longer go down, nor shall your moon withdraw itself. For the Lord will be your everlasting light, and the days of your mourning shall be ended. John saw a similar vision during his revelation. In um, Revelation 21:23. it says, The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. So we've heard three times now that um, glory seemed to be connected with the word light as well. And we're going to make a slight deviation now and look at the word glory. The Hebrew word for glory is shakana. And it means it talks about or conveys the radiance of God, the glory of God, the presence of God dwelling in the midst of his people. And this can be applied most appropriately to God as seen in the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire as he accompanied his people through the wilderness on their way to the promised land. They felt his very presence on their way they knew he, they were being guided as they moved or remained static, whichever, as did the pillar of fire or the pillar of cloud. They felt the presence, they knew the presence of the Lord. Glory undergirds the concept that God dwells in his sanctuary. Exodus 25 verse 8 says, And let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them, So he dwells among his people. Again from Exodus, speaking about the tabernacle and the daily offerings, we we read in Exodus 30, you might like to look this one up, Exodus 30 verses 43 to 45. Give you a moment to find that. Again we see glory mentioned here. So Exodus 30, 43 to 45. And there I will meet with the children of Israel and the tabernacle shall be sanctified by by my glory. So I will consecrate the tabernacle of meeting and the altar. I will also consecrate both Aaron and his sons to minister to me as priests. I will dwell among the children of Israel and will be their God. Now the New Testament freely ascribes comparable glory to Jesus as divine, both before and after crucifixion have I got the wrong reference it should have been well I might have written it down wrong I thought it was Exodus 30 no sorry alright I'll check that then I'll check it out it's in the Bible (laughs) I didn't make it up right this one I know is right John one fourteen. the New Testament we're looking at now, we've dealt with the old for a time being. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now if Peter allows me, I want to pinch a bit of his sermon here. I just want to read you what he said um, two weeks ago if you were here. He says about Jesus. John and the other apostles beheld his glory when Jesus took on flesh and dwelt among them. They saw righteousness worked out in human existence, in the grace and truth which Jesus consistently demonstrated in every part of his life. Remember we're meant to be imitators of God as I read this, don't you? The apostles were with Jesus night and day for three and a half years. They saw the glory of God worked out in human existence when he first got up in the morning and when he went to bed at night. They saw righteousness when he was tired, hungry and thirsty. They beheld his glory in the way that he met people, conversed with them, healed the sick, gave sight to the blind and even raised to the dead. They beheld his glory when he fed the hungry, commanded the wind and the waves. They beheld his glory when he taught from the scriptures and was confronted by the religious hypocrites. They beheld his glory when he was transformed on the Mount of Transfiguration and when he shed his blood upon the cross as a perfect sacrifice for the sin of mankind. I'm not saying we're going to be raising the dead, by the way, but um, you know we can certainly be um, praying for people, praying for their healing. We can um, minister to people in ways like Jesus did, of course. Why not (laughs) Paul writes in his first letter to Timothy uh, chapter 3 verse 16 and without controversy great is the mystery of godliness God was manifested in the flesh justified in the spirit seen by angels preached among the Gentiles believed on in the world received up in glory so there's glory again and um, again, we hear from the, the writer the, to the Hebrews that the writer to the book of, of the book of Hebrews opens with God's supreme revelation of Jesus His Son, and we see the idea of light, which is quoted in my version as brightness in this case, being linked to glory. So Hebrews one verse three, Jesus being the brightness of His glory, yes. and the express image of His person, and upholding all things. By the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Now to um, conclude this deviation concerning glory, I'd just like to return to Saul's conversion experience. As we saw earlier, uh, the account of Saul's conversion is mentioned three times in the book of Acts and must have been considered important by Luke for him to include it um, so often, I think. And I believe that uh, that Saul um, really experienced and felt and knew the presence of the risen Lord Jesus in this encounter, and its proof was the life-changing effect upon Saul. He knew it was the Lord, it says. He said, who are you, Lord? Referred to him as Lord. And then, without hesitation, asked, Lord... What do you want me to do? And this is where the rubber hits the road, as they say. Can we have a revelation of Jesus as did Paul? Have we had one? Do we want such a revelation? Are we ready for such a revelation? My prayer is help us, Lord Jesus. Let's um, desire that in our lives. So as we return to the word light, let's now look at a few scriptures with promises about the Messiah before we look at Jesus himself. Isaiah's prophecy from chapter 9 is quoted by Matthew in his gospel, chapter 4 and verses 15 and 16. It says, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. Um, On this occasion, John the Baptist had just been put in prison. And from that time on, Jesus began his ministry. Another prophecy from Isaiah 49 verse 6 makes it clear that the good news is for the whole world. It says... It is too small a thing that you should be my servant, this is talking about the Messiah of course, to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. And that prophecy along with the Isaiah 42.6 was quoted by Paul when he was speaking to the Jews at Antioch, who rejected his message of Jesus as their Messiah. That's in Acts 13. Now, looking to Jesus, um, John introduces us to John the Baptist, and then to Jesus in the opening chapter of his Gospel, with these words from chapter 1, verses 6 to 9. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. So what did Jesus say about himself as recorded in John's Gospel? Well, I hope you all know, it's one of the great I am statements. Chapter 8, verse 12. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness but have the light of life. And the word follows conveys the idea of someone who gives himself completely to the person followed. It expresses a union, a likeness and a way, hence one going in the same direction, the same way. And it's used 77 times in the Gospels in respect of following Jesus. Have we given ourselves completely to Jesus? Let you think about that one. What did Jesus say to his disciples about light? Matthew five, fourteen to 16. This is getting to the point of reaching out now. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Are we always aware that our lives have either a positive or a negative effect on those around us? A godly life gives convincing testimony of the saving, life-changing power of Jesus and brings glory to God. But what happens if there's a negative effect? Now, I'd like to share with you um, a short personal testimony, um, which I wouldn't normally have done, but I feel that um, through Tom, two weeks ago, the Lord spoke to me in the service. Um, just before that, I'd gone to um, meet up with my elder brother, who's not a believer, and um, we see him, he lives in Dorset. We don't see him very often, a couple of times a year, probably. Um, him and his wife were meeting us. And um, Jill and I prayed about um, trying to s- spread the word, um, talk to them about Jesus. We took some tracks with us. And um, we, th- we thought that, you know, it might be a- an excellent opportunity. But. Um, things turned out somewhat different to what we expected um, we, we decided to meet them at ikea in southampton Absolutely. and um, it should be about There's
1: a uh, ikea right? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah
0: <laughs> um, it should have, i i'm not looking for any excuses here i'm admitting to my failures by the way okay but i just tell you the surrounding circumstances Um, it should have been about an hour's trip. Oh, hang on, let me tell you something else. Sorry. Let me tell you what Tom said, because you can then think about this as, as we, as I relate this story. In that service, after I'd seen my brother and had this awful incident, God said, uh, Tom said in the Sunday service following that, um, meeting, um, he was talking about work and worship and he said we should be working 6 days a week our worship is 6 days a week that spoke to me so remember that and the other thing he mentioned was the holy spirit and he said we need the whole of the fruit we can't there, we can't take the segments that we might might like we need every single nine segments or combined if you like all we we need all nine and just bear in mind patience as we go through this slide. <laughs> so we set off on our journey. We, we left at 10 o'clock. Um, so we should have had a traffic free journey down to Southampton, about an hour's journey. And I put the radio on just in case and heard that the M3 had been closed. So we stopped just before we got onto the M3 and I looked briefly at the atlas. I do have a sat-nav, which was at home, of course. It's one of those um, ones that you take out of your car, you know. Um, (laughs) I looked at the atlas briefly and you could say, the road atlas, that is, you could say that I was probably impatient. And I thought, well, let's go and we'll try it anyway. There can't be that much traffic at this time of the day. So we went and two and a half hours later, we met my brother. Now, Um, We decided we were going to eat in Ikea anyway, you know, have a real slap-up meal in Ikea. (laughs) So we decided to go straight into lunch. And just outside the entrance to the restaurant, they had a board with their set meals. And there was a salmon meal that looked excellent. Six pounds to the nearest, just call it six pounds. So we went up to the counter. We all decided that we'd have this salmon. So I said, oh, sorry, just before that, there was a board above the counter, like you get in McDonald's and all the rest, with this same meal, but with a pudding. Well, like Tom, I'm trying to lose weight, you see. So, I said to the woman at the, at the counter, there's a man actually to start with, I said to the man at the counter, could I have the set meal without the pudding, please? And he didn't understand me. So, another lady came over and said, we only do set meals here. And I said, yes, there's a set meal shown on the board outside, i like the set meal on the board I don't want the pudding she didn't understand me so another woman came over and by this time of course my voice was rising (laughs) I tried to explain myself again I didn't shout I must admit I did not shout but I was getting frustrated after the two and a half hour journey hungry not being understood I raised my voice and this woman said to me don't speak to me like that sir and it stuck with me and I thought you know when I started preparing this talk I thought about the words I've just used a positive and negative effect on people now not only were my brother and his wife standing by us but um, I had three other people that I was trying to deal with so what witness was I to the Lord in that circumstance and I share it now because I'm ashamed of what I did. I know, I've worked with um, a person that is not a believer, who I've not, um, I've worked with him for about 15 years. I've not ever seen him raise his voice in a meeting when he's angry. I don't know how he does it. But we've got the power to do things like that, haven't we? Still we he's still alive. He's still alive. We have the power, we have the Holy Spirit at our disposal if we're only obedient. Um, so we should be able to control ourselves. Hopefully I've never lost my um, rag with any of you here. But that's a Sunday. So what happens to me the other six days of the week? Why am I like that? Why do I allow myself to slip out of the Lord's care? So there we are. Um, that's enough of that. Does my light shine before men? It might shine before some, but not all, which is, um, you know, where we're going in this talk, I think. Just a few more, um, quotes from the Bible about the light. What does the apostle Paul say about the light? Here we are in his letter to the Ephesians, chapter five, verse one. I think it says, He calls us to be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us. He then continues in verses 8 to 12. You may like to look this one up. Ephesians 1, 8 to 12. Hopefully I've got it right. I'll start raising my voice at you lot if I haven't. Verses 8 to 12, chapter 1, I hope. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. The fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness and truth finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness but rather expose them for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret and the fruit of the spirit here in verse 9 can also be translated fruit of the light apparently so there now further when writing to the Thessalonians in his first letter about the day of the Lord Paul says that sudden destruction will come upon unbelievers. But you, brethren, are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. That's 1 Thessalonians 5. Now, when Peter speaks about the light in his first letter, he uses Old Testament concepts to emphasize the immense privileges of New Testament believers. These privileges are temporarily forfeited by Israel until they accept their Messiah. The, pri- the privileges in the meantime can belong and do belong to us as the church. Um, but it's a temporary forfeiting by Israel, remember, until they turn back to the Lord. 1 Peter 1 9 and 10, if you want to yes. look it up. 1 Peter 1. So couch in Old Testament um, language, really. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. And for this great privilege, may we never cease to proclaim the praises of Jesus. We sang in that, didn't we? Proclaiming the praises of Jesus in that hymn. Um, John and the light, having started my talk with words from 1 John, I'll finish this section with words from uh, 1 John 2, verses 9 and 10. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light And there is no cause for stumbling in him. Now, not wanting to give you scripture overload, I must say that we have really just touched the surface of this subject. But there are other things that light can be applied to. An example would be God's word, which I started off with really. Psalm 119 verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And when this was written, it undoubtedly referred to God's commands and the wisdom of following such. But in the light of Jesus, we have a living word and the Holy Spirit to guide and direct our lives as well as the written word of God. Another example might be John the Baptist. Um, The Apostle John says of the witness of John the Baptist in John 5.35, He, that's John the Baptist this time, remember, He was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in his light. So it can be applied to other things, as I say. But let's summarize what we've covered this morning. Firstly, remember that the light can have links or connotations with glory. The Old Testament people experienced the Shekinah glory and the presence of God. We can just do this. We can do just the same. We have the Holy Spirit. We are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Walking in the lights means walking in the truth. We may ask ourselves some of these questions. Are we truthful with each other? Or do we have facades? I was reading an article in the paper the other day, you know, are we honest with each other? Or do we have um, a facade? This is me on a Sunday, you know, behind this facade, and I'm angry man on a Wednesday or whatever day it was in Ikea. (laughs) Russell recognises <laughs> well, well, okay,
1: the Spirit of the Bible showing maybe you guys will help to hear about your situation so this pertinent to what you're talking about is that you came to us and you're preaching to us you told us about an incident sometimes fruit is bruised we bruise the fruit ok so we we fruit the Spirit we can bruise it the bruise piece isn't the part that we fail in patience or a loud voice you know Jesus was bruised he was a perfect man that mm. was bruised but the opportunity that you had, or we have and I had, in the same situation you had, was when someone said, Aha, you... And they said this to me at work. They said they'd never heard me swear words. And I, and, and, and I, I swore. And I didn't swear a swear word that you would think is vulgar, but it was a swear word that this guy said. And he said, Ah, you're not perfect. And, 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 and I said, No, oh, I never told you I was perfect. Because they knew I'm Christian. I said, but what I can do right now is ask you for forgiveness, for hearing my swearing, and ask my Lord, my God, for forgiveness right now in front of you. So it's the same thing that you were doing. Is was a chance? You mentioned repentances earlier, yeah. and you're talking about there's an opportunity for you to repent right in front of people too, at that counter. You know, this is all walking in the light. You know, you stumbled and fell. Jesus stumbled and fell. You mm-hmm. know, so, yeah. so when well, you the through, yeah. so me he didn't Look, it fell. He fell. He fell. fell yeah. yeah, that doesn't mean he fell. Yeah. And I'm just saying that these are perfect opportunities. We're not meant to be perfect. We're not meant to, to walk perfectly. We're going to make a mistake. But in that mistake, we can be a witness if we're open, like you just said, truthful to the people right in front of us. I'm really sorry, sir. I didn't mean to get
0: Thank you for that. But you should, Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think we supposed I do Sorry, but I thought you said fail. Yeah, fail. <laughs> yeah, it's that American act. It's the American act. <laughs> fell. Jesus oh. fell. Oh. He stumbled upon yeah. 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 He stumbled upon it. the road across.
0: Okay. So, yeah. honest with, our, with each other. Are we honest with God more to the point? As um, Russell just said, do we repent when we fail? Um, Another thing, can we say, as Paul said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Are we really looking for what God wants us to do in our lives? Or are we going our own way? Have we given ourselves, this is probably the most vital of the questions, have we given ourselves completely to Jesus? Are our lives bringing glory to God? Are we walking as children of light? And are we proclaiming the praises of Jesus? Anyway, I hope um, some of that has been useful for you. Let's pray now. Father, we do thank you for uh, the Lord Jesus. We do thank you for your Holy Spirit. Father, help us to reflect the light of your love in our lives, that others may come to know you, or at least ask about you. We do pray, Lord, that we would bring you glory. And may the blood of Jesus cleanse us from all sin. We thank you for Russell's reminder that we can repent and we need to repent. We're not perfect, Lord. We thank you that we have the blood of Jesus to cleanse us from all sin. Help us, Lord, to be honest with one another and to live in love and fellowship with one another. And we praise you again, Lord, for your Holy Spirit, that you are our guiding light. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen.